Let us pray. Oh Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I thank you for the praise. I thank you for the worship service. I thank you, Lord, for gracing us with your presence. I thank you for being in this place right now. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that, right now, Lord, I pray that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, but be of everything of heaven and the spirit. Holy Spirit, my friend, I pray that you will touch the people's hearts and minds to believe and receive the word um, that you have for them today. I pray right now that, um, that you will give them divine wisdom and divine revelation from your throne. And right now, Lord, I pray let the words be fire and the people would and let them be consumed by it. And I pray, Lord, that, the, that these words will fall on good ground and that it will produce much fruit in their lives so that they will lack nothing in their destiny. Lord, we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. Baruch atah Adonai ha'el ha'kadosh. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said amen. Amen and amen. All right. So you guys got me for two Sundays in a row. I hope you guys are ready for today. Because this word is going to be a bit of a doozy for some people. And as I'm known for saying, some of you might not like me after this. But it's okay. Because I know who loves me anyway. Now, I need you to go with me to the book of Nehemiah. The Nehemiah now, Nehemiah is in the Old Testament, you know, and it's one of those books. Honestly, I wish more preachers would preach from the books of the Bible that we are not too familiar with. You know, like who really preaches from Nehemiah or Habakkuk or Micah? Or, you know, those books of the Bible. It's always like the same thing. Matthew this, John this, Genesis this, Exodus that, Leviticus maybe, if you're lucky. You know, if the preacher's feeling courageous, he might go to numbers. I don't know. But (laughs) honestly, I believe the Lord is saying that now we have to go into the other books in the Bible, the ones that we're not too familiar with, because there's important revelation that he has for us, especially in this day and time. Amen? Amen. So, and honestly, if I had to give this a title, it's, um, last time I said, um, some of you will look back, right? That was the first message. So this message is, some of you ain't looking the right way. So, One has to deal with you looking back. The other has to deal with you looking forward. Mm. Isn't it amazing how God puts a word together? So I need you, if you did not listen to me last week, I'm going to need you to leave, go listen to that on the ABC of Faith International podcast and then come back so that you can receive this word. I'm totally kidding, but I'm just saying. Also, I kind of, you know, just put there, by the way, subscribe if you have not subscribed already. All right, so we're going to go into the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, okay? Now this, I love the name Nehemiah. 
Because the name Nehemiah means Jehovah comforts. That's what his name means. And if you don't understand this situation, so let me just let me just paint a picture for you and see if this sounds familiar. So Nehemiah. Now, you have to understand that basically what happened in history is that the Israelites done messed up again. So now they are in bondage by another foreign land. And in fact, this foreign land was so ruthless, they actually destroyed Jerusalem. And if you know the significance of Jerusalem, that was God's city. That's where the temple was. That's where he, uh, it's a very special place for the Israelites. It's their capital, right? So it's completely destroyed. And here it is, you know, Nehemiah wants to go back and he wants to rebuild Jerusalem. But he needs permission in order to do that. And so here it is. He's trying to figure out how in the world can I rebuild Jerusalem? How in the world can I help the people of God not lose their faith or hope in God right now? How many of y'all understand? Doesn't this sound familiar to anybody? And if it doesn't sound familiar, my question is, where you been, under a rock? Because that sounds exactly like what's happening here. You see so many believers now, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to believe. They don't know, like, should I stand with God? Should I do this? But God, you said this was going to happen, and this didn't happen. What's up with this COVID-19? You know, I mean, God... I can understand if you hitting the unrighteous people, but you hit a few righteous people too. Like you hit a couple of, you know, believers I know. I mean, heck, you hit a, a major a mega pastor. And according to that, he has no scandals. He has no issues. I mean, hey, I'm not God. I don't know his heart. But I'm saying this, God, I think you're missing some things. You hitting the righteous with the unrighteous here. And here it is, we're trying to build your kingdom, but Lord, you ain't making it easy for us. Because how in the world can we rebuild something that looks like it's totally destroyed and we don't even have permission to go and rebuild this? Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. And this is why Nehemiah is so important. And this is why God gave me this word to tell you that some of y'all are looking the wrong way. I mean, it wasn't Jesus' first message to the believers, repent for the kingdom of God is here. What does repent mean? Repent means change your mind. Change your mindset. You're looking at things the wrong way. You're not seeing things the way I see them, thus saith the Lord. The Lord is saying, you ain't looking at it through my eyes. You're not looking, you're looking the wrong way. And then when you are looking, you're not looking with the right intention or the right heart. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. Let me, let me, let me, let, let me hurry up and start reading. Again, that was the warm-up. <laughs> Remember what I said. I don't officially start preaching until I give you the word. Okay? Nehemiah chapter 1. Are you there? And I'm going to start at verse 5. Now, this is Nehemiah's prayer. This is what he says to God because he can't go to the government for help. Because the government's useless. Oh, somebody missed it. 
Holy Spirit, give them revelation. He can't go to the government because the government is useless. The government is not going to help him build Jerusalem. So he says, I only got one place to go. Father, we need to talk. We need to find out a way of how to rebuild your city or how to bring about your kingdom on the earth. We need to talk this thing out. And look at what he says. And I love his prayer. Five. And he says, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God. Now, terrible does not mean like, God, you're awful. Terrible means like you're great. You're awesome. Okay. I, I, I had to say that because people get confused. Terrible. Is he saying God is terrible? No, he's not. He's saying God is awesome. That keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Six, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commanded thy servant Moses. And I'm going to go to eight because I love this. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, Though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. You see that now? That's a powerful prayer. That really is. And I, I, know, I know you don't fully get it yet. And that's why I'm here. I'm going to break this down for you here. Okay? So look at this. So... He's going before God. He's giving God honor. He's giving God reverence. Now, no, he ain't blaming God for the situation he's in. He ain't blaming God for the fact that, okay, we're in bondage. They destroyed Jerusalem. We are oppressed. We are in trouble. God, what you doing? He didn't do that. He went before him. And look at what he says. He says, Father, I come before you. You are awesome. You are amazing. You are holy. There is nothing that you do is bad. There's nothing that you do is wrong. Because all things work for good for them that love you. And the thing is, he's quoting Romans 8 before Romans 8 was even written. So here he is. He's saying, God, you're lo- we, I love you. And Lord, I realize. Look at what Nehemiah is saying. He's saying, I realize we messed up. You're not the one who messed up. We messed up. We are the ones who made the mistake. We are the ones. Now, no. And I know I'm talking to some churches here because some people are saying, well, it was them who did it. No, nah, fool. We in the same boat. We all sinned. God is punishing the nation. That means all of us are in the same boat. Hallelujah. Teach that. That's why you see the righteous and the unrighteous are getting this. Because the wages of sin is death. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. See, I'm about to prove this in a second. But you see, that's the whole point. 
Nehemiah is going before God and he's saying, we messed up. We made the mistake. We didn't listen to your commandments. We didn't listen to your servant Moses. Some Christians today, they need to stand before God and say, Lord, we messed up. We apologize. We didn't listen to your laws. We didn't listen to Moses. We didn't listen to your son Jesus. We didn't adhere to your commandments. We did what we wanted to do, what we thought was right in our eyes, instead of doing what was right in yours. Preach that. Preach that. Go ahead. So it says right here, he says, both I and my father's house have sinned. So he said, it ain't just me. It says, it's my father, my grandfather, and all the way down. It's my entire generation. It's my entire household. We disobeyed you. Yes. He didn't stand before God and try to plead his righteousness. <laughs> like some of these churches I see doing right now. Trying to say, well, we're righteous. We're doing things right. We didn't vote for Biden. So I don't know why we are getting punished because we didn't do it. Nah, bro, you in the same boat as all of us because you did sin. It was like, what do you mean? We didn't sin. Uh Uh-huh. Did you go out and preach the kingdom like God told you to do? Or were were you part of a Christian social club and just stayed in your house? Oh, see, I knew people weren't going to like me after this. Did you go out and witness to the nations? Did you go and make disciples of the nations? Did you turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the sons back to the fathers? Did you do the kingdom assignment? Did you preach salvation or did you preach the same message Jesus preached? Did you preach you just need to be a good person to get to heaven? Or did you preach there's a straight and narrow path and only a few will find it? Which gospel did you preach? Because I guarantee you, if we dig deep enough, there's some sin in your life too. You get the same thing we all get. It's the whole nation. God was saying, he, he, God punished the whole nation. See, God recognized the righteous from the unrighteous. Please don't understand that. Well, God, that's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair that we are still sinful creatures and yet God did all the Bible says he did everything to give us everything pertaining to life and godliness and we still reject it y'all ain't talking to me see but I love his prayer because he says Lord remember your promise he said remember That you love us. Remember what you told Moses. See he's saying. Jerusalem is destroyed. But God you said. You will bring us all back. To Jerusalem. And that we will rebuild it. Because that's the place. Where you decided to make your name known. He said well right now Lord. That is destroyed. And so Lord I'm asking. Will you remember your promise. Right now, I'm saying, I'm, I'm preaching, but I'm also, this is my prayer. I'm saying, Lord, remember your promise for America. Remember why you had people find America. Remember why we have the freedom to worship God. This was a Christian nation before. It shall be a Christian nation again. 
I don't care what's going on. Biden don't got nothing on this. I serve a higher government. Amen. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, uh, this is the Lord. They weren't ready for today. Now, look at this. I want to show you something in Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. And I'm going to get to um, some people looking in the wrong way in a minute. But I, I, I really want to show you this. Because look at what God said he would do if his people did not obey or listen. So we can't say God didn't warn them. God told them exactly what he would do if they did not listen to what he wanted. Look at this. Now this is God talking. But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments. Does it say some? Or does it say all? It says all commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now, let me tell you something. God didn't say he was going to let Satan curse you. He said he himself will curse. It was God who cursed man in the first place because they disobeyed him. And all a curse is, if you really want to know what a curse is, all a curse is, is when God does not speak highly or right about you. Y'all ain't getting this. What did he tell Adam? What did he tell Eve? He said, now you have to work for everything. Now, every time you, you have to do things in season and out of season, the ground will not be fruitful to you someday. And also the snake is going to be against you and you are going to be against the snake. That's not like ooga booga booga. That's none of that. That's him just speaking not right about them. Not speaking highly. Because remember, what did he say when he first created them? He said, it is good. It is good. It is very good. He spoke highly. He spoke good of it. So that's all a curse is. So he's saying, this is what I will say against your land if you do not listen. Look at this. Cursed shalt thou be in the city and cursed shalt thou be in the field. That means city, suburbs, it don't make a difference. The whole nation going to get this word. Look at this. It said, cursed shalt be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Cursed shalt thou be when thou goest. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do until thou be destroyed until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings whereby thou hast forsaken me do you see that God says I'm gonna do all this simply because you have forsaken me you've turned your back on me you've forgotten what I've done you've forgotten how much I love you I hear someone like said like, oh, why are we still in COVID-19? Why are we still in this pandemic? I said, you want the honest answer? They were like, sure. I said, it's because God loves you. That's why. It's because God loves this nation. That's why we're still in it. What? I don't understand that. You don't get it. See, God is a father. I'm going to teach you something about the Lord. He's a father. 
the Bible says that a father chastens those whom he what? Loves. That means he corrects them whom he loves. So consider COVID more or less like a spanking. And what does God say about that? God says, spare the rod, spoil the child. He says, if, he, if you don't spank your children or discipline your children, you doom their souls to hell. So if God continued to let things go the way it was going, there's a good chance the U.S. would not even exist anymore. Because we were on the verge of World War III, and there was no way we were prepared for World War III. God literally sent a pestilence to shut down the whole world, not just this nation, the whole world, to give them a chance to recognize I'm the one that's in charge, not you. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at this. The Lord shall make, oh, 21, it's right there. The Lord shall make the pestilence. What's a pestilence? A sickness, a disease. He said, the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning and with the sword and with blasting and with mildew and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Do you see that? Mm. Now, when I read that, my jaw literally dropped because yeah. I said, that sounds just like COVID. It does. It does. People are talking about they got a fever, talk about they burn it, talk about that they can't breathe. Uh, That's all this is talking about. So God is saying, I will send a pestilence against your land simply because you've forgotten me. And this pestilence ain't going to be no ordinary pestilence. We ain't talking about no chicken pox here. This is going to vex you. This thing is going to cost you. This thing is going to consume your resources. Sounds like COVID, don't it? Teach that. It's going to consume your resources. It will destroy you until there's nothing left. Now, hold on now. I know that sounds kind of harsh. Like, well, if that's a spanking, that's a full-on beatdown, Sim. Listen. Now, I got to take you to Joel chapter 2, verse 12. See, that's what God said he would do if you turned, his, turned your back on him. Okay? And that's exactly what he did. See, the Bible says, let God be truth and every man be a liar. So God is the truth here. He did exactly what he said he would do if you turned your back on him, if you forsaken him, if you turned against his will, did not follow his statutes or his laws. But let me show you something. Because I know it sounds gloom and doom, but there's actually hope. Isn't that good news? There's hope. Joel chapter 2 verse 12. Look at this. Therefore also now saith the Lord. Turn ye even to me with all your heart. And with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and of great kindness, and repented him of the evil. 
of the evil means whatever curse, whatever sickness, whatever disease that has been released on the earth, he'll take it back if you follow this direction. Oh, see, everybody's a church mouse in here. Thank you, nephew, for playing on the bongo. See, the boy recognizes the spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody should have said hallelujah, but it's okay. My nephew had my back. Much love to you, boy. (laughs) Now look at this. 14. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give night." Give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen shall rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? And look at what God says. Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. You see that? He said it's not enough for just the preachers to go and repent before God. He says, go get the entire congregation. Go get your mother, your sister, your brother. Go get the people who are about to get married. Go get little Makai over there. Go get Elijah. Go get every child that you see and tell them to go before the Lord and say, Lord, spare your people once again. But then the Lord spoke to me. He, he, He said, Simba. He said, tell my people this. Tell them they're still looking the wrong way. Because I know when the capital attack. See, my boy's feeling the spirit. I'm so proud of him. Listen to me. Because I want you to understand this. I'm almost done, I promise you. But I need to say this. The Lord wants you to know this. Because I know when the capital riots happen and all that, there are people talking about, oh, we need to come together, we need to pray, we need to do this, we need to have a a big prayer meeting, oh, we need to go on a fast, we need to do all those things, and God spoke to me and tell them, that's not going to work. He said they're doing things the wrong way. And the Lord wants me to tell you, first off, You ain't praying for God to save the nation because you love him. You're asking God to save the nation because you're scared. As soon as God delivers you out of your problems, you're going to make the same mistake the Israelites made. You're going to go right back to doing what you were doing before. You're just trying to butter up God and hope that because you did things right, because you prayed, you fasted, you did, you weeped before him, that, that he'll have pity on you. God says, that's not how that works. But preacher, you just read it. I, 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 I'm going to get to it. Stay patient. He said, first off, this is the first thing. All the people who are fasting for God to save your nation, by the way, that's not why you fast. People are saying we're fasting for a revival to kickstart. First off, that's not how a revival kickstarts. Fast.
fasting is not to start a revival. Fasting is to prep yourself for the revival. You, when you fast, you have to do it in fellowship with the Lord. God, is, God doesn't judge you off of your actions. See, you can fast, but God, that don't mean you're going to get the fullness of what God has for you. The way God judges you is your intentions of why you did it. You can say, I fasted for 21 days. Did you have the right intention when you did it? Because if you went in simply because you were afraid and you wanted God to save your sorry butt, guess what? You are disqualified. When you fast, it has to be for a relationship. It has to be to spend time with God. It has to be because you love him. God is not a fool. The Bible says God is not mocked. That means he's not a dummy. He's not a fool. He knows what you're doing. So first off, fasting does not kickstart a revival. Fasting gets you ready for a revival. So that's the first thing. The second thing the Lord wants me to tell you is this. And again, I already said it, but I'll say it again in case the people were hard of hearing. You're not praying for God to save your nation because you love him. You are praying for God to save your nation because you are scared. You are uncomfortable. You don't like the situations. You don't like the riots. You don't like the fires. You don't like the hearing of wars and rumors of war. That's why you want God to save your nation. Not because you love him. Not because you're going to do right. Not because you're going to listen. It's because you want to get out of the tight squeeze you're in. And by the way, God says that's not the way you do that either. Well, preacher, we're coming together to pray. First off, you're praying for the wrong thing anyway. You're praying for God to save your nation. That's incorrect. What? Preacher, how can praying for the nation be incorrect? Look at this. Are you ready for this? I'm about to blow y'all away. I'm about to confirm this through Jesus. Jesus confirmed this. Look at this. Therefore, also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart he said you can fast you can weep you can do all the things but Simba tell them they're missing the number one thing I said turn to me with your entire heart turn to me because you love me turn to me because you desire to have me back in your nation See, there you go. That's my boy. Turn to me because you love me. That's what the Lord is saying. But then what is the big deal? Why is love so important to God? I'm going to show you one last thing and then I'm done. Go to Luke. Chapter 7. And I'm going to start at... Verse 39. Okay, look at this. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And look at what Jesus says. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. 
The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them. He, he, he forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast judged rightly. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Do you see that? So what God, or what Jesus is saying is, the one who loves me the most, the same is forgiven the most. Oh, y'all. Holy Spirit, give them revelation. Do you not see this? This is why God said, turn to me with all your heart. Because your love for him, you don't have to ask God to forgive your nation. You don't have to ask God to save your nation. If you turn to him with all your heart because you love him, God says, I will forgive your sins simply because you love me. Because the same who loves the most is forgiven. You see, that's the key to the nation. You can pray, you can fast, you can prophesy, you can play music, you can worship, you can praise. It means nothing if your heart is not turned all the way toward Jesus. I didn't say God because no man can come to the Father except through him. You have to come to Jesus. Amen. Are you seeing this here? You have to be like this woman who was a sinner. You have to love him. She didn't ask him to forgive her. All she did was love him. And Jesus said, because she has loved me, I forgive her sins. I've forgiven her of everything she's done. Do you see that? It's your love. Where is your love? Are you worshiping God because you love him or because you want him to save your nation? The first and foremost thing, it's got to be because you love him. Otherwise, even if you do it to save your nation, it's not going to matter. You have to love him first. That's why Jesus said the first and greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as thyself. But how can you love your neighbor if you don't even know the love that God has? You have to love him. Are you seeing this here? So I'm about to wrap this up with this. Okay. God said in his word, he said it in Isaiah, Jesus said it again in Matthew. He said, they honor me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. 
I honestly want you to think, how far is your heart from God? How far is your heart from Jesus? See, you can honor him with your mouth. You can shout hallelujah. You can sing, oh, praise him. You can sing um, whatever worship song. You can weep before him. But if your heart is far from him, that's what he's talking about. You have to love him. And so before I close, I'm just going to say this. If you want to accept the Lord Jesus, or if you want to have him more in your life, if you want him to be in your heart, if you want him to be close to you, why? Because you love him. The Lord had me do um, a fast and had me do a shut-in, not because he wanted me to help him save the nation. It was because he said, Simba, I want you to be in here with me because you love me. He even asked me, he said, Simba, why are you here? I said, because I love you. He said, and that's why this is going to work. I'm expecting God to do some amazing things here. I expect God to do something amazing in the next couple of days. But I want, if you don't know Jesus, but you want to, if you want to have him closer, all I want you to do is repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you, Lord, to wash me in your blood. I ask you, Lord, to fill my heart with your love. Lord Jesus, I know that you are the Son of God. I know that you came to the earth to die on the cross for my sins. And on the third day, you rose with all power in your hand. And you are now seated at the right hand of the Father to be an intercessor for me. Lord Jesus, I accept you this day to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be my Master, to be my friend. Come into my heart. Come into my life this day. It is in your name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, let me just say welcome to the family of God. He loves you so much. And so right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all those who are here, all those who are listening. And I pray, Lord, that you will just touch their hearts and touch their minds right now, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this word, that they received it. I pray, Lord, that you will turn our hearts back to you. I pray, Lord, that right now, as we lift our hearts to you in prayer, I pray, Lord, that you will fill us with the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. I pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that you will help us to keep the first and greatest commandment, to love you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our bodies, with all our soul, with all our spirit. 
I pray, Lord, right now that you will just continue to have your way in our lives, in our family lives. I pray, Lord, right now a divine hedge of protection over everyone who is here. I pray right now I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone who is listening to the sound of my voice right now. And I bind and rebuke all satanic and and demonic assignments on their lives I, I i say right now in the name of the lord jesus it is canceled and dismantled i cast it out i send it back to the depths of hell from whence it came and i loose right now the kingdom of god i loose right now the the power of the holy spirit the resurrection power the resurrection glory and right now father in the name of jesus i pray that the fire of god fall on everyone who is here right now everyone who is listening to me right now lord i pray let your fire come into our hearts and consume it for lord you are a consuming fire i pray lord let us not be cold let us not be lukewarm but make us on fire for you to love you to love you with a passion with a burning desire to love you to serve you to know you Lord, we love you. We adore you, thank you, and praise you for all you've done, all you're doing, all you're going to continue to do. But most importantly, we thank you for being who you are. You are so awesome. You are so amazing. We love you, Lord. We love you so much. Come, Lord Jesus, this day. This prayer I send to you right now. Baruch atah Adonai ha'el ha'kadosh. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me, amen, 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 and amen. Raise your right hand with me, and this is what I will say with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed. You are now dismissed.